Live from the gray zone, it's Dominionated's 20 or 20 with your host, me, Mackenzie Cameron. My friends, today it brings me great pleasure to announce that we are entering a state of emergency tomorrow, Friday, January 15th, because it is imperative you stay inside and prepare to listen to Quentin Barnes' brand new record, As a Motherfucker. To my ear, the first great Canadian album of 2021, Quentin does it all himself, sings, produces, mixes, masters, as we get into, and this collection is a really impressive and inspiring display of his many talents and his broad influences. Before you hear our conversation, let's get a taste of the new record and Quentin's sound from his album, As a Motherfucker. This is Quentin Barnes with a track called How I Feel. I swear to God, I love you. You blow my mind, so fuck it. You turn me on, yeah, and that's just how I feel, babe. I swear to God, I need you. Say twice, I'll never leave you. You turn me on, yeah, and that's just how I feel. When we're all alone, I wouldn't have it any other way, yeah. Barnes. Hey. Welcome to 20 or 20. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just before we get started and get into your, your new record as a motherfucker, it's the first, this is the first uh, swear word in a title I've had, so I, I feel like I'm, re- I'm going to revel in it. Um, before we get into it, uh, just for anyone who hasn't listened to uh, the show before, how it works is there's 20 questions, 20 minutes, whichever one of those comes first is what you're going to hear. Uh, and if we reach 20 minutes and I haven't asked 20 questions, then we'll we'll take a hike and, and that'll be that. Sound good to you? Yeah. Okay, sweet. So I'm going to start my timer here. And I'm going to start with my classic first question, which maybe is slightly complicated right at the moment for you, but we're going we're gonna to get into it. Where do you live and why do you live there? Okay, um, so... <laughs> um, I'm on and off between Kitchener and Montreal. Um, right now I'm in Kitchener, um, but as soon as you know COVID ends and everything gets back to you know a relative normal, which is hopefully by the summer, I'm hoping I'm going to go back to Montreal. And and is the intention there to kind of just it's more of a more of a scene or or what's yeah what's more of there? a scene more of a like a, a life experience thing. Uh, more of a like I'm in my early 20s, so I should do something audacious, you know. <laughs> Montreal is a great city to uh, to be in yeah. in your early 20s, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I was there for a little bit um, before I came back to Kitchener. I, I fell in love. It's like, even with the conditions, it's very beautiful. And like, it just has a very different, something's in the air, you know. So uh, your new record, uh, As a Motherfucker, is out tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, if, if people are listening to this on the day that this drops. Yeah. Did you record most of that in Kitchener or in Montreal? Um, I recorded all of that in uh, in Kitchener, um, in the basement. <laughs> and do you think it reflects Kitchener in any way? Actually, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this uh, this morning. Like, I, I, there's something about Kitchener and specifically like the suburb I was raised in 
that feel just it's just the music feels like it fits for that sort of atmosphere i don't maybe it's just me it's just my experience of it but it always reminds me of home so that's why it's easiest for me to you know come home and record sometime i like i that i find that really interesting kitchener doesn't strike me as as like artist uh i don't know maybe your artistic is the wrong word romantic maybe as yeah. montreal no um, it's, it's not at all <laughs> but uh <laughs> But you've man, you have managed to kind of mine some gold out of out of Kitchener, I think. So, I felt like it was a wide open space because, especially in the suburbs, everything's kind of the same. So I feel like you could sort of fill in the blanks with anything. So that's how I've always felt. Like that's that's why I've always felt my music works here. It feels so wide open. I feel like the possibilities are still like like when you go to Toronto or Montreal, they're more developed cities. You know what I mean? So they already have more of a defined atmosphere to them. I still feel like Kitchener is not at the peak of, I guess, if you want to call it peak of development or whatever. <laughs> so I feel like there's so much more to add to it. You know what I mean? I do. And we're going to talk about space in a, in a bit, because you wrote a really interesting mm -hmm. piece about, um, you know, considering space and music. But I do want to talk to you about um, your new record, kind of just in the context of your career. So mm -hmm. your new album, As a Motherfucker, is out on January 15th. Uh, you're following this up. You're following up an album and a remix version of that album, which is called Arupa, pretty quickly. Did your approach change at all between the making of of those two records? Like, what what would you say the difference is between the two, uh, in your opinion? Um, the difference between the two is that oh, I'll tell you what was going through my mind when I was making it. Why I made this one? That might be easier. Um. When I was doing, when I, when Arupa was coming out, like it was approaching release, I felt like, um, I, I, I felt like I wasn't fully confident yet. I, I felt like the music still sounded a bit unsure of itself, even though I, I don't know how people perceive it, but that's how I felt. So I wanted a record that was a bit more confident and like a bit more sure of itself and a bit more fleshed out because I was worried that I hadn't like said enough or made an impactful enough statement. And so I really was trying to, I guess I was trying to do something that was more personal, but also a bit more self-assured. And I, and I kind of felt a, sem a sense of like urgency because uh, the, well, the world isn't exactly in the best state. <laughs> so I wanted to, um, I don't know, I felt like I needed to make something that like reminded people of joy or something, you know? <laughs> That's really, I mean, to me, it does feel like a full fleshed out statement I, I guess I'm I'm curious is is that the pace that like is did the pandemic accelerate uh, making this record for you like did you feel like more of an urgency to to create when you were either like in quarantine or lockdown or whatever you want to call it yeah I did um and especially because a lot of the people like like my friends I was keeping in contact with uh in my family everyone was so hopeless and I I understood why but I I, I didn't I personally, I didn't think it was it's the right approach to take. I, I still think, you know, we all have so much more to give, especially as a species, as, you know, humanity. So I wanted to, I wanted to make stuff that was optimistic to like, um, this, I don't want it to sound arrogant, but, you know, kind of like show to the people around me and like to myself that there's still lots of beauty that we all have left off. With. So that's kind of what I was like, like inspiring me when I was uh, writing the album. I mean that I think that is the that's the 
joy of art, right? Like that is, mm-hmm. that should be the point to show that like, yes, like the stores are closed. You can't, yes, you can't yeah. go, ha- you can't go, you know, have a drink with your friends or a coffee with your friends, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But that humanity is still there. And it, it it's so yeah. important to have those reminders at this time, I yeah. think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even with that, like, even outside of the situation, I find a lot of people, like especially younger people, they just have a, a, a sort of nihilism or fatalism about the world. And I'm like, I understand. I get it because I've been there. But there's still so much more. Like, I don't know. There's always still so much more. You know what I mean? Like, this species has been around for a while, I it's feel true. like. It, so there's lots true. of We've been through a lot. You well, know? well, it's funny you said that you don't want to sound arrogant, but there is also like a weird like arrogance and self-importance in thinking that like, we are going to be this uh, me my generation is going to be the last one for sure yeah right <laughs> right yeah, like, yeah. it kind of yeah. goes both yeah. ways yeah i'm like yeah well like that's why i say we've been through a lot right like yeah like we, we're a strong resilient species <laughs> yeah i mean as like, long as the planet is intact i think i, yeah, <laughs> I think exactly. that is like the yeah, one exactly. that's the one kind of yeah. wild card here yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the sound of this album because your sound is pretty unique, I would say. Like, it's a real blend of genres and sounds. Thank you. are You have this kind of like an R&B vocal approach mm-hmm. for the most part, but the production is not smooth. Like, this is not... Yeah. This is... It's like... It's kind of intense and it's got like a hyper-poppy yeah. sound <laughs> yeah. to it, modern production style. Yeah. It's very like stimulating mm-hmm. and unpredictable. Yeah. But then you also have... You have like one, at least one straight-up rap track on on there but yeah. which i which yeah. i think is like a cool kind of trick that you can pull here and there um, yeah and despite that kind of this mm-hmm. this this blending of all these sounds it does feel like a really cohesive thing that you've got going on uh, so you. i guess what i want to ask is 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 when you're creating like what attracts you to a sound because you're not just pulling from like you know one genre you're you are really melding it all together mm-hmm. um i guess it's just my favorite um i i take the favorite part of everything i love and i just sort of mesh it like for this album specifically i was listening to prince 1999 and i and i thought you know it'd be cool to do something that was kind of like this album but like in a modern take and then i was also listening to like autecker and I was thinking it'd be cool if like Autecker produced Prince 1999, you know, for like Lamont. And I, I know it's like lofty ambition, but like I thought the sound would be cool to like, um, you know, try and mix that and see what it would sound like. Because I know back when Prince did 1999, he, he like was influential on the electronic scene or whatever. And he was pulling from like the house and, and techno of the day. So it was like, it'd be cool to do something like that, but like, modern in the modern r&b style but with like um more modern electronic like who's the modern forward thinking electronic artist and sort of pulling from that so that's what i was going for i was like i really wanted to do like a techer does r&b <laughs> you know it's i mean it's so cool it's such a cool like um kind of contrast or or maybe even contradiction that like mm-hmm. your voice is this totally warm soulful instru- instrument and then underneath mm-hmm. you kind of have like these these chill chilly is like maybe not the right word but like yeah. kind of cold sounding yeah. beats and loops and stuff you know because it frustrates me because so many vocalists are able to take their their vocals to such raw rough places you know and i can't i, I don't know how to do that 
So I just like make really rough instrumentals and sing really pretty on it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's so interesting. Well, and it's I've I've read and in, in your like press materials or whatever that this album is about navigating contradictions. And as I said, mm-hmm. like I hear that in the music. Mm-hmm. You know, between like the your your vocals are almost dry. It's what it, it sounds like. There's not yeah. much going on as far as like effects yeah. or, or you know yeah. making them sound bigger than they are or anything like that and then you kind of have these harsh production choices (laughs) and now i must also assume that like the lyrical content kind of covers those that contradiction as well can you talk a bit about what you're exploring lyrically on this record um so i was uh i was like reflecting on like i guess like some sort of whatever was going on in my private personal life in terms of romance like earlier in the year before the lockdown and then after lockdown i was able to like sit down and write about it i was also um um you know battling unpleasant moods and then like writing about that and and i was also um (laughs) feeling like confident and like sexually sure of myself and like, you know, not, obviously not in lockdown, but just man as sort of like a self-assured type of person, you know what I mean? And so that was all sort of fusing together to like influence the lyrics a bit. And, you know, I was going through some personal growth and like I was influenced by conversations I was having with friends around me who were growing too. So it was just like a melting pot of, you know, whatever was going on earlier in the year. Yeah. Well, and as you said earlier, like you are in your early 20s and I feel like that is such a time where you can kind of, it's not like being a teenager where it's like these really high highs and really low lows. You're kind of starting yes. to level out a bit and you can you yeah. can kind of like more, maybe not intellectualize, but like you can see mm-hmm. like, okay, like, yes, this is over. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, there's still, you know, yeah. stuff that yeah. I, that doesn't mean I can't make music. It doesn't mean I still don't yeah. have my friends. It doesn't mean there's yeah. not more yeah. people out there for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, and, and I think that's, it's interesting that you wanted to make something more confident. I think all of that stuff kind of like, it comes through in the music that you're feeling more confident. You're feeling like more, yeah. I don't, this is like the wrong word that I would, I would use as mature, but like it is, it's yeah. like a no, more I mature and you yeah. feel more mature. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, honestly, I was a bit, this is going to sound silly, but I was embarrassed um, because, like, some of the songs on the Rupa were more vulnerable, and I, I felt like they, it was so, like, um, I don't want to say it in a rude way, but I just felt like it was so, like, cliche, sad boy, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's fine. That's fine, but I wanted to show that, uh, <laughs> I wanted to, like, portray even similar emotions in like more effective adult ways that wasn't so like, what was me? You know what I mean? Which just feels a bit one dimensional. Yeah. And I think as you, as you get older, you really, you can like explore those different dimensions easier. Yeah, it's exactly. like, and they're easier to kind of like, you can differentiate them easier and explore them yeah, easier and yeah. express them all easier. Um, yeah, yeah. So you produce, write and sing all your own tracks. Mm-hmm. I've asked this to to other people on the show before. Do you like work well with yourself? Is that a tough process for you to like produce your own vocals? Because you know I've recorded vocals before, and that seems hard enough. And like sometimes you can yeah. be like, "Yeah, that was a good take." Like I don't really want to do it again, but the person will be like, "No, that sucked." 
<laughs> what is that relationship with yourself like when you are you know laying down tracks for something that you're going to put out um it's very difficult and it's funny um i uh you never realize how much work it is until you decided to undertake it again and you're like midway through or even when you're like 99 percent done because that's the worst because it's like what else could i possibly do or add am i like am i am i being arrogant and like am i going to stifle my like the potential of my music by doing everything like do i really have a clear-headed vision of what i'm doing um so it's hard but it's also really gratifying because like um I've, I've worked with people and i love working with people but sometimes it's hard when someone doesn't understand what you want or like your vision or like and that's fine because everyone has their own preference right but like it was only really when i started working with like on it myself that i felt like okay like I'm finally getting the sound I want without anyone saying, oh, this is not how you write a song or you're not going to do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or like this is too out there or that's too harsh. or You know what I mean? Um, so it's overall good. I'd say it's overall good, but it can be very challenging sometimes. And I, uh, and you're always wondering if you're like holding yourself back by, by, hold, by wearing too many hats, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, you brought up Prince earlier. I mean, Prince... Yes. did everything himself in the yeah. studio and yeah turned out pretty but well it also worked against him sometimes too like i think with some in my opinion you know i'm not going to be the one to tell prince that <laughs> but when i listen to some of those later records it's like uh you know like maybe she could have had someone else be like you know cut this cut that yeah, you're a bit high <laughs> on your own supply right now uh, yeah, yeah prince yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I'm like, hey, he's Prince. I mean, I would be too, I guess, if I was Prince. <laughs> yeah, if you if you made all those records like through the '80s, I th- I feel like you're allowed to be like yeah. overconfident in yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you've tweeted before that you mix and master your own stuff as well, um, mm-hmm. out of necessity. Can you talk a bit about that? I feel like sometimes, like mm-hmm. I've done this on the show before, where I'm like, wow, it's so amazing. You do it all yourself. It's you know so easy, so current to do this all all these days. But it also really speaks to the fact that getting like a pro to do these things is yeah. not within reach financially for a lot of new artists. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially in these times and, and being so young and everything's so precarious. It's like I would because I, I was always trying to, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to make a career out of music. And I would I'd look back in the past and search online and it's like always pay to have your mixing and mastering done. So I'm like, great. And then you look at the cost and it's like 500 per track. And I'm like. Stuff. like so am i going to release once every two years because <laughs> that's not viable you know i'm not going to be able to do that and invest time in a social song so i just figured you know i don't you know maybe it'll hinder me you know by several years but i'll just learn to do it myself and i'll get it good enough that um you know it won't really matter um and so it, i do i do love it i love to do it but you know if i had money i don't, I don't think i'd like i think i'd like to hand it off to people who you know, <laughs> maybe I'd be able to do my rough mixes and say, okay, you you take it and just you finish it, right? Because I want to move on to the next creative thing. Like, um, yeah, like I love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it. But it's like, yeah, it is out of necessity because it's, uh, <laughs> it's not accessible. It's not accessible to small-time artists, you know? Yeah, I do wonder if, I wonder if the, the fact that more people are doing it themselves is like the actual the value of having someone master it professionally, like who can actually tell? I mean, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you can. 
yeah. here and there, but like I listened to your record the other day and it sound sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> so like, you, so you. I don't know. It's, it, it is an interesting thing. I, mm-hmm. I think this year, especially we've kind of seen a bit of reckoning is the wrong word, but I, I, a spotlight has been shone on the fact that how are musicians supposed to make any money artists in yeah. general really, but musicians and specifically mm-hmm. kind of because that's what this podcast is about. No touring, no shows, maybe yeah. the odd like live stream here or there, but you know, yeah. you can sell your stuff through Bandcamp. You sell your stuff through uh, Grimlikin on Bandcamp, and you know, mm-hmm. you might make a little more money than you would via streaming through that, hopefully. Yeah, do you see like a better way? Do you like, I feel like you're an idea, you're an ideasman, like you, you have ideas. Yeah. Do you, I don't know, can you, I, because I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time, like, okay, there must be a solution here. Like, I don't know if it's like banding everybody together, if it's like a, mm-hmm. a reinvigoration of like a music union. To, yeah. I don't know. You take your stuff off, you mass protest against streaming services. Like, that doesn't seem like yeah. it's going to happen. What do you think about all that? My thing is, I might be wrong. I might be ignorant, you know, but I feel like whenever we get to the like roots of these problems with a lot of different industries, it always feels like, well, maybe the industry like needs to be remade or reformed. And I don't see how like, I don't see how we can meaningfully like touch upon the music industry without going going at tech. And then even looking at like the government and the way we conceive of like intellectual property and all of that. So if, if I feel like once you really get down to it, you're really asking to change everything. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not sure um, like how in the current, like state of things we can meaningfully change like with the way the world is now just in terms of a lot of things i don't see anyone saying hey like let's make things easier for artists (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah with the way things are now i don't see a way out not to be like fatalistic no no i think you're i think you're right i think i think you're you're absolutely right and like i it's it's so tough because and i I mean to me it's inspiring to see artists still keep putting out music and keep going for it despite it seeming so like it's like the you're right it's not just changing music it's like literally changing the entire way in which we exist yeah yeah and like that's heavy it's like a heavy it's a heavy weight it's like a huge like mountain in front of you thinking oh god how are we gonna do this yeah, um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you answering that because it's obviously a big, heavy question. Um, yeah. So as I mentioned before, I wanted to talk to you about space. Um, yes. Because you recently published a piece on the music blog, A Predatory Wasp. I'm doing a bit of cross promotion here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so you, <laughs> anyways, you recently published a piece on the music blog, A Predatory Wasp, about space, mm. giving a couple specific examples. Um, mm. Mars by John Coltrane yes. and Be My Husband by Nina Simone. I was thinking about that song in particular after reading the piece. And for those of you who maybe have never heard it, I'm going to insert some of it uh, so you can hear it. Be my husband, be your wife. Be my husband, be your wife. Be my husband, be your wife. Love So that track is just Nina's voice 
there's a light tap kind of going on, and then there's like a, a harder hi-hat hit that hits. And, and I would say the reverb basically fills out the rest of it with like a yeah. little bit of clapping at the end to kind of yeah. add to the urgency. And I think you were so spot on writing this. Be My Husband is a full-throated exhortation so urgent that I'm sure it demanded restraint. There was simply no other way to get the point across. I think what that space also does is it leaves a bit of room for imagination as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was, I, I was thinking about the song and I, I think I actually hear it in my head with chords or something like that, even though I know yeah. they're not there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's kind of amazing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She didn't need to put them there. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, nothing yeah. on your record is quite as sparse uh, no, as no. as "Be My Husband," yeah. But I do get the sense that you didn't want to overdo it anywhere. Like nothing here is. I know we talked about how there's some harsh noise choices and like, and the production is, you know, can mm -hmm. be a bit intense. But nothing is overwhelming. I'm curious how you approached space on the new on this new record. Like, is that something that you were conscious of when you were putting it all together? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and there are several songs. It's the first song. It's a uh, Calibri. Um, and there's the eighth song. It, uh, the title is hard to pronounce, but it's like Vissier EI, whatever. That eighth one, especially, um, I was listening to Vespertine by Bjork. And she has the uh, the music box. You know what I mean? And I really liked how intimate it sounded. And the way she mixed and like arranged the record, it was it's very like sparse. And so I was thinking of, of that too i was like i want a track that's like an r&b vespertine and like um has that space and uses a musical box and like the more classical elements like she was bringing into that you know to that album and so that was one especially where i, I like the space because at certain parts it's just the vocal and the percussive you know the percussive part and the music box you wish to cut me down to size, but I ain't budging. I seen the truth pass your disguise. Ain't got nothing, so sad how you feel rejection. My boundaries are sound protection. I studied you to the letter. I'm glad to say I know better now. I'm glad that I know me better now. So sad how I lost respect now. I'm glad that I know me better now. If anything, I stay clever. I'll be the one that you blame. I just really liked the way everything sat there. So that one was that is one where I really paid attention to the space and I was like proud of it. And the first one too, um, uh, especially the first few seconds of that first song, um, Calibri, um, I really I really liked how everything was spaced out and like the arrangement of how it all builds until like the beat sort of drops and the bass comes in and like, that one I was really proud of because I felt like yeah, I just felt that was a, just a proud like production mixing like, composition moment for me. That, that's where I was like really attuned to like how everything sat and like what it sounded like. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was listening to the uh, the new Playboy Cardi record the other day, oh, and I love and it. and that I mean, it's 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 different than than your stuff, of course, but it also really is like really like bare and like 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so spacious. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a bit jealous of that record. I was thinking I'm jealous of it because um, it, it sounds so free. And I'm like, I wish I could make music that sounded this spontaneous and free and raw, but it's still so thoughtful and has something to say. Like, I feel like I'm so like, not saying his is not thoughtful, but I feel like mine is so like cerebral and measured over and blah, blah, blah. And his just has this energy. You know what I mean? It's like a a shot of adrenaline or something. I'm like, I'd love to make something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think he, I'm not sure he has much to say (laughs) necessarily lyrically but like i think what he's saying is in it's in the energy of it and in the space right like it's yeah yeah it's and you get a sense of his life like his fast track life like the drugs like you get a sense of some emotional turmoil i'm like he says it all without having to like be poetic about it necessarily you know yeah, I would say he's not poetic at <laughs> yeah, all. I, I would say, yeah. I would say, that, I mean, it, it, truthfully, most of it sounds like he's just kind of making it up on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I might be overselling it, but I really like the album. Yeah, well, and here I am saying that, but like I couldn't do it, so like I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. He, he's probably genius. So, so what yeah. can you do? Yeah, um, like what do you got to be to come up? With <laughs> like, where do you got to come from? <laughs> I don't know. I think you got to be you got to be somewhere else though. You got to have like a yeah, totally yeah, different yeah. <laughs> you got to be on a different plane of existence yeah, than you yeah. and I are on right now. Yeah. <laughs> um so Quentin, we're we're out of time. Uh, unfortunately because I I could talk to you forever. I want I I I feel yeah. like you're a, a really wide listener. Uh you have mm-hmm. like a you're you're an interesting guy and anyways. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is is that I have one last question for you and this is how I end the show every mm-hmm. week. I get uh, the guest to recommend another Canadian artist or an album by another Canadian artist that um, that uh, you think everyone should check out. So, is there one that sticks out for for you that uh, everyone should be turning on and turning into, tuning into? You know, I'm not even gonna sound. Uh, I'm not even gonna try and play Underground King. I'm gonna, you know, go for what the best choice that uh, that Backwash album. Uh, God has nothing to do with it, and that EP. I was listening to it um, again recently because it's been a while. And it's just, it's it's great. Like it's it's like she knows how to cut all the fat and just make an album that was so urgent and said everything you need to say. And I'm like, it's just, it's got like an energy you can't replicate. You know, you can't like you can't think piece it. <laughs> it just comes right out of you. You know, so I, I love that record. Yeah. I, I love it too. I think it's a uh, it's like. I think we'll look back as it as like a classic yeah. Canadian rap I record. Agree. Uh, I agree. People will, I think people will like kind of puzzle over it and think about it for mm-hmm. a long, long time. It's a I classic. Agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, it's only be done to be understood. Yeah, Sorry. and it, no, no, it's okay. And it sounds like there's there's more coming soon. So yeah, yeah. Backwash. Yeah. We love backwash. Yeah. Uh, Quentin, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to do yeah. this. Congratulations on the new album. Thank I, you. I hope everyone listening here goes and checks it out because uh, it is fantastic. Go and buy it on Bandcamp, support artists like we were talking about. And uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much. Quentin Barnes, Going Places. I can feel it. I feel it when I listen to the record and felt it as we were talking. Thank you, Quentin, for coming on the show. 20 or 20 is brought to you by Dominionated, Canada's best Canadian-only music website. 
in my opinion. To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms. Visit the site dominionated.ca and please tell your friends to do the same. Our theme song and original music is by Taylor Barrow. You can follow him at a really slow runner on Instagram. No vowels in that other than the A. The show is produced by me, Mackenzie Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron. No vowels in Cameron. Please like and subscribe and rate on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. You can email me. My email is mac at dominionated.ca with questions, comments, concerns. Next week. Not sure who's on the show yet. A few options on the table, but, you know, a little suspense is good, I think. Until that big surprise reveal, be well. Peace.